0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the VCDX podcast, a short bi-weekly podcast focused on the VCDX certification with news, updates, advice and special guests. My name is Simon Long, VCDX number 105, and this week I'll be spending some time talking with my special guest about the VCDX workshops and how important they are to everyone who is serious about going for the VCDX certification. Here's a taste of what's coming up.
1: It's a great way for them to kind of understand what's the, you know, how it can be relevant to their career, how it can be a benefit to their employer and to themselves.
0: A lot of the time it's stressful for people because it's almost like the fear of the unknown. So being able to go on these workshops, ask questions, understand what the panelists are looking for.
1: We want to give candidates an opportunity beforehand to be as prepared as possible, whether it's how they do their documentation, what to expect out of the design scenario.
0: heading into the news and updates section, last week I mentioned that there is a, an online VCDX workshop available in May. So for those of you who would actually prefer to do an in-person VCDX workshop, there is going to be some VCDX workshops available in some of the local VMUGs that are coming up throughout the year. There'll be one in Philadelphia in June, Indianapolis in July, Boston, New York, New Jersey in September, dallas nashville and phoenix in october so if you're going to be attending any of these vmugs and you're also interested in the vcdx definitely recommend going along to the uh, vcdx workshop that will be available in these locations and i'll make sure i add the dates and locations into the show notes so if you didn't catch them you can quickly go over to the website simonlong.co.uk and uh, check out those dates and locations that's it for news and updates this episode. Let's head into the special guest interview. So who is this episode's special guest? Give me your name and your number. I'm Chris Muchler, and I'm VCDX
1: 257.
0: Awesome, thanks Chris, thanks for joining me. And which VCDX certification tracks have, uh, do you have?
1: Uh, so thanks for having me, Simon. So I got my certification in the data center virtualization, the okay. DCV. And do you remember when you passed? I, I do. I don't think anybody forgets. I passed in uh, May of 2017.
0: Well, Actually, you're wrong there. I forgot. In the last episode, I think I said I, I passed in 2015 in Barcelona. Apparently, it's 2012, so I was only three years out. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, Time flies. I didn't realize it was that long ago. But, um, it does. <laughs> indeed, it, it does. does. So, uh, so what's your current role and what do you do in that role at the moment? Sure. So, I'm I'm with VMware.
1: Uh, I'll have been with VMware four years. In June, um, the last eight months, I've been um, under global support. Um, originally, we were called the Customer Success Architecture Team. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we are called the Advanced Customer Engagement Architecture Team, or ACE for Ace. short.
0: Oh, what an acronym! Yes. I love. It. I'm sure yes. someone just thought the acronym and then came up with the words to fit that.
1: I think they did. I think they did. But so, uh, basically what I do, though, is um, we get involved with um, some of the larger customers to try and be proactive, help them in their adoption of different VMware technologies. Um, we also get involved if there's a, a highly visible escalation through GSS. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, really, we're trying to be proactive. We'll do architecture reviews with customers, operational reviews. uh, And
0: and do you do it for all VMware products or do you specialize in certain areas? So I do
1: specialize in HCI. Mm -hmm. Um, So we spend a lot of time with vSAN customers. Um, I've been fortunate in that uh, over the last uh, five or six years, even before I was with VMware, I've kind of been a full stack guy. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes to escalations, um, I'm the lucky chap who, if it's an NSX thing, I can I can help out. If it's an HCI thing, I can help out. Or even if it's, uh, you know, VRA or OpenStack. So I, I can get pulled in a lot of different directions. But we do try to primarily focus on the proactive stuff on vSAN yeah.
0: customers. Cool. Oh, yeah. Sounds pretty interesting. All right. So how are you involved with the vCDX program today? So... Right now, I'm a
1: panelist, um, and then in addition to being a panelist, I'm also uh, one of, I guess, two people right now, myself and Jeff Wong. Uh, we uh, do the VCDX uh, workshops and the uh, prep calls for the candidates just prior to their defenses.
0: Cool. Well, and that's kind of one of the reasons I invited you on today is, is to talk about the VCDX workshop. I mentioned in the last, uh, last episode that there's an online workshop coming soon. Um, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes for those of you who are interested. But I wanted to to give our listeners an idea of what the VCDX workshop is. So can you give us like a quick overview of what it is? Yeah, sure,
1: so it's been around for a few years. If I have my dates right, I think Joe Silvaggi started them summer in 2014. I think I attended one of the first online ones that he did Mm -hmm. uh, even before joining VMware. And really what it is is, it's an opportunity for people to if they don't know anything about the vcdx program to learn more about it Um, it's an opportunity for them to ask questions Um, there's been a lot of uh, it hasn't always been as transparent maybe as it could have been and so this was an effort to try and make it more transparent right now Uh, so give candidates people who are interested in the program an opportunity to learn more about it and to ask questions about it
0: cool and and so, why do you think people who are looking to do the VCDEX program should attend this? Uh, so that I think it's varied, right? There are some people who
1: attend because they, if they have no idea, they just know, hey, I've got my VCAPs, What's mm-hmm. next? Yeah. What should I do next? Um, it's a great way for them to kind of understand what's the, you know, how it can be relevant to their career, how it can be a benefit to their employer and to themselves, um, and then certainly for those people who are already maybe. You know neck deep into the process Mm -hmm. of of gaining their certification it's an opportunity for them to ask questions of people who are actually involved in the program um, and to get some straight answers as much as we can at times i can't tell people how the rubric works or how they'll be scored but i can certainly you know we can offer pointers on the the format of the documentation what things to make sure you have included maybe what things are ancillary and don't necessarily need to be included based on your use case and so forth. But it's really, we try to make it as interactive as possible. It is a workshop. It's not a lecture. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it turns into a lecture, I feel. Um, So when you join, if you have questions, please ask them. That's what we want out of this.
0: And I think as a panelist myself, I can certainly tell the people who have been in the workshop and the people who haven't, you know you, you can tell they come in a lot more prepared they they fully understand what's what is happening on the day of the BCDX defence you know there's been some panels where you, you you know the candidates come in and i don't think they even understand what they should be doing uh, during the defence like in the design f- scenario once we had a, a guy who kind of came in we kind of talked him through the slides of the design phase and you then he kind of just stood and looked at the whiteboard for 5 minutes and it's like he obviously just didn't understand what he was meant to do at, at this part of the, you know, of the process. So I think if everyone should really, if they can go through the VCDex workshop at least once, just so they can understand what to expect on the day as well.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think that's what we're trying to do, right? Like the the, the day of the defense, it can be very stressful, right? And we want to give candidates an opportunity beforehand to be as prepared as possible, whether it's how they do their documentation, what to expect out of the design scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and we try to cover everything. We we talk about the presentation, right? What should your presentation be? Should it be, you know, 400 slides, or should it just be a 10-minute, executive level overview, right? How much details should you go into? Um, and we try to give everybody an understanding really more of, one, what it's like to be a panelist, right? That's part of the workshop too, to give them a little visibility into mm-hmm. it. You know, as a candidate, you're like, okay, the rubric, the, the blueprint says I have to understand all of these things. But when I get there, you know, they might only ask me a couple points on yeah disaster recovery, and they might focus entirely on networking and and why does that happen, right? We try to help them understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's a lot of prep work that goes on behind the scenes before the candidate even gets to their defense, right, by the panelists, right? I mean, this is one of the things that you taught me, right? You know, you spend a couple hours on everybody's defense, You know, you do prep work as a Mm -hmm. panelist. You know, I have a list of questions probably. And so, you know, obviously everybody's design is different. Some people's design might be weaker in some areas and stronger in others. And so we tend to focus on those things where we have the most questions, right? Because we're trying to help everybody pass. And I think that's that was maybe one of the misconceptions early on is that, oh, you know, they don't want me to pass or I don't have a realistic chance of passing, even if I am invited to defend and And yes. that's just not the case anymore.
0: Definitely not. We're there to help, not to uh, not to put you yes. down. And I think, yes. you know, a lot of the time it's stressful for people because it's almost like the fear of the unknown. A lot of people don't know to what to expect. So being able to go on these workshops, ask questions, understand what the panelists are looking for. And I think uh, a while back, I think we made a video as well at, at the VMware HQ, kind of which... Outline what it is. You you were there as like the the candidate, and I think I was on the panel. And as a video, I'll try and dig it out and put the link to that in the show notes. But I think it's a great way of people being able to see what the kind of even the setup of the room would look like. So some one other thing that they don't have to worry so much about
1: yeah and there so yeah there was those videos and i know that there were even some earlier ones that rawlinson did that i think you can still find on youtube where i think he even did like a mock design scenario right to give people a better idea of what what that's going to be like and, and that's even more relevant or that's just as relevant today as it was when it was probably filmed you know two or three years ago
0: definitely i'll see if i can uh, dig that out of the archives and put a link to that in the show notes so Which section of the workshop do you think attendees get the most out of? Um,
1: So I think it depends. I think the workshops that fall very close to an actual defense, I think the the attendees get more out of the design scenario that we try to do at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when it's, if it's like a new attendee, somebody just getting started, I think the, the process part. Of it is where they can get the most out of it. You know, what type of information to include in the documentation, mm-hmm. what type of documents you should have, um, how to structure it, that, those,
0: those sort of things. I think it really just kind of depends. Yeah, no, you're right. It's always one of those things, it depends. But definitely extremely valuable for anyone who's deciding whether they want to go for this certification or whether they're already on, on that kind of bus on the way. Definitely recommend it. And as I said, there's a, an online VCDX workshop coming up. Are, are you presenting that one or is it Jeff? Um, I don't know that we've decided
1: yet. Okay. <laughs> so the, the nice thing is Jeff and I are actually on the same ACE architecture team now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so depending on who uh, has travel, <laughs> yeah. one or the other of us, but we do generally both try to attend... Um, when I lead, Jeff will tend to and he chimes in but he also handles the QA mm-hmm. in the chat and then and I do vice versa for him. So I think I think May is gonna be Jeff and I'll be doing the Q and A, but
0: Okay.
1: But you'll get both of us.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, like you volunteer and, and like regularly spend your own time preparing these workshops. You know, we all have busy lives and I know you do too. You do a lot of travel in your new role. So what made you decide that this is something you want to spend your own personal time on? um so i guess it was kind of twofold um one
1: i got a lot of good help um when i was going through the program um the workshop itself was helpful to me and that's kind of why i started helping out a year or so ago with that where i could um but like i just i wanted to be able to give back i think the certification is important i i think for me it was you know it was a a long-term goal that i set and it was very gratifying to earn it and mm-hmm. I want others to have that same opportunity and anything that I can do to to help others yeah. get it, I'd like to do. Um I do enjoy being a panelist. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's always neat to be, you know, to see the other how the other half works. Um and it was very eye opening to me when I did my panelist training to see like, you know, how much time it really goes into it yeah. behind the scenes that a candidate just may, probably doesn't realize. Um, because it is, it's stressful. You get there, you, you might have an idea of what it's going to be like, but really until you go through it the first time, mm-hmm. you yep. don't know. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I wanted to be able to give back and and I enjoy doing that. So,
0: Well, on behalf of everyone who has already attended or will be attending in the future, we thank you. Um, yeah, as well, I say, you're welcome. <laughs> it's extremely important um, and very valuable to everyone. Yeah. So it's going to end with some closing questions that we'll typically ask everyone. So the first question will be, uh, what was the most enjoyable part of the VCDX certification process for you? And what was the least enjoyable part? If there was a least enjoyable part, of course.
1: Sure. <laughs> so I guess the most enjoyable part was earning it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, the, the process itself was good. It, mm-hmm. it pushed me. I was fortunate in that the design that I did Uh, was for my day job. So I know that a lot of people have to spend, you know, dozens and dozens of hours outside of work Mm -hmm. to, to get everything in order. I was fortunate in that I got to do it as, as my day-to-day job. Um, But I, you know, it stretched me. Uh, I learned a lot of new things. I, I was able to, the least enjoyable part was that I failed the first time. Right. And and that was a crushing blow but at the same time it helped me realize where you know my skill set was weak Mm -hmm. and it and gave me an opportunity to focus on those areas to do better and then to go back and eventually pass so
0: yeah i think that's important is that you know not everyone passes first time and if you don't it's not a bad thing it's this is a very difficult certification to get just you know take take things from it learn from it and come back stronger and we certainly see that a lot as panelists. We you know, see people who have maybe failed the first time and they come back a second time, a completely new person, you know, and they ace it. You know, it's, yep. you know, although it's painful, it shouldn't be, you know, something that you'd kind of take away. Okay, and lastly, knowing what you know now, and I don't mean like the scoring rubric, as, as, <laughs> you, as you know, as a panelist, if, if you could go back in time, back to when you were preparing for your VCDX, what three pieces of advice would you give yourself? And hopefully this you know, these pieces of advice will help others who are preparing.
1: Yeah, okay, so um, one, uh, we talk about this in the workshop, but time management is important. So when I did pass, the, the in the preparation for when I finally did pass, one of the things I did on a whiteboard was I wrote down the defense date and the application date, and then I worked backwards. And I wrote down, I have to complete this task by this date and so on and so forth. And I, and I kept myself to it. So, you know, being able to manage your time, um, whether you do it like that or something else, but, but that, um, the second one, um, I guess the second one would be, um, well, if you're uncomfortable and I was comfortable public speaking, Mm -hmm. but. I think the first time I just, I didn't practice my delivery. I didn't anticipate questions yeah. very well. Um, and so um, that's one thing that I went back and worked on. So, you know, if, if that means taking, you know, some sort of uh, personal training class to get help, you know, how to create a presentation, yeah. how to, you know, how to practice it, how to deliver it. And, or, um, you know, ant- I guess that's the third one is anticipate, be critical of yourself, try and anticipate the questions, you know, find the weak areas in your design. No design's perfect. Um, so there will be weak areas. Um, and then think up of, you know, ways that you might be asked questions about those things and have, have some idea or prepared answer, you know, in your head of, you know, if I get this question, what, how am I going to answer it? Right. Yeah. And that can also mean, you know, thinking up of, you know, maybe you did it one way, but there was an alternative, mm-hmm. you know, be able to speak to that alternative and, you know, yeah. you know how, how maybe that was you know not the best choice in your in your circumstance, but that you can understand why it would maybe work in a different one. Yeah. So that's really what the the, the certification is about. Is you I mean you're you're working on your design, but you're also trying to demonstrate mastery of like you know a broader sense of. Architecture in general, right? Like, yeah. I, there's not one one size to fit all things. So,
0: yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, not every customer's design is perfect. There's always constraints, and you yeah, know, that, that stop us from making that perfect design that we all want. But just yeah. because it isn't a perfect design doesn't mean in our, you know, we can't think about how we could do things better and how it could be improved. You know, and it doesn't have to go in the design. But you, if you get asked that question, you know, have a response. You know, yes, I think that's it, that's
1: actually really critical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, to be able to do that.
0: Yep, yep. Some great advice there, Chris. Really appreciate it. Oh yeah, you're welcome, Simon. So, so usually this would be where I'd say thank you and goodbye to my special guests, but I've decided to add another section to the podcast, which I believe, Chris, you can help me with this week. So let's head into the okay. let's head into the common mistakes section. So it's only the second episode, and I'm already adding in new sections to the podcast. So each episode, I will share common mistakes that the VCDEX panelists see during their defenses, with the hope that you, as a listener, will learn from the mistakes of others. Luckily for me, Chris, my special guest, is a VCDEX panelist. So Chris, this episode, I'll let you share a common mistake that you've seen uh, during your time as a panelist.
1: Sure. So I think the thing that we've been seeing more frequently is, um, is that during the design scenario? Um, obviously, the scenarios are rather generic, mm-hmm. um, and that is that's intentional. Now, yep. um, and there's an opportunity for the candidate to ask questions, gather requirements of the panelists, and so forth. Um, we talk about it in the in the workshop about time management and starting to write stuff on the board. Uh, you know, by about 15 minutes in. But one of the things we're seeing people not do. Is actually on the whiteboard. You know, diagram out a conceptual design of what they think the solution is going to be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, people are visual people. It helps the panelists understand where you're maybe taking us. You know, where, mm-hmm. what you're thinking of what the overall design is going to look like. So, you know, even if you have to change it. The requirements change in the middle of it. You gather more information from the panelists during that, the scenario, you know, you can always erase part of it or modify it, whatever you need to do, but, but draw a conceptual diagram. It's not a physical layer. It doesn't have to be like super detailed. It can just be a bunch of boxes with labels in it, you know, but just give us an idea of what you're thinking it's going to look like.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really good advice. As you say, sometimes we'll spend 30 minutes and just getting asked questions and giving out information and and as a panelist sometimes we have to remind the defendant that actually you need to start drawing something on the board very soon because we really need to be able to see that you know you know what you're going to be designing and and how to how to you know write that out so i think you're right i think it'd be very good to get just something down on the board just a few boxes here and there and just so you can start to visualize what you know the direction that you you want to take that design
1: yeah, just in this, you know, more than likely in your, or in the candidates, you know, design that they submitted, you know, they, they likely had a, a few, or if, if not at least one, mm-hmm. you know, conceptual diagram. So it was a key part of your design that you submitted. It should be a key part of your design scenario.
0: Definitely. And, you know, and, and being able to draw diagrams on the board and, and, and speak at the same time is something that we look for in a candidate as well. And it's something we score against. So, you know, being able to, show that you can do that is, is very important for, for us on the panel.
1: Yep. Yes.
0: Great. That's great stuff, Chris. Well, thank you for awesome. joining me on this uh, second ever episode. You're our first ever special guest. Um, so I oh, well, appreciate Simon. you joining <laughs> me and kind of being the guinea pig. Um, and we'll look forward to maybe having you back on again some point in the future. OK. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Cheers. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of the BCDX podcast. Thanks to my special guest, Chris Mutchler. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please be sure to subscribe and share with us who might also find this podcast interesting. If you have any additional questions that you thought about throughout this podcast or through previous episodes, feel free to contact me either by Twitter at SimonLong underscore or via my blog SimonLong.co.uk and I'll do my best to answer them in the next episode. I'll speak to you all again in two weeks time.